Two movies enter, one movie leaves. This is The Great Movie Showdown. I'm your host, Zach Twitty, and with me today are William Goodnow and Matt Smith. Yo, my name is Matt Smith. (laughs) Yo, I'm Will. What's up? All right. So that's an intro. I felt good about my part. I feel so, like we talked to each other the first time. Yeah, it was kind of sucky. You guys anyway. definitely did. Yeah. I mean, I can see it from the waveforms right now. Today, this is the prologue episode of the great movie showdown, Pixar versus Disney classic animation. So we're going to go through a, a big set of brackets between all of our favorite Pixar and Disney classic animation films and face them off against each other in a in just this crazy tournament style battle royale type thing anyway uh matt take it away and give us give us the breakdown on this bracket hey everybody um i am the guy who created the bracket with the help of of them but i'm the one that like came up with the idea so i just want to explain like the method to my madness with this bracket so we are doing (laughs) disney versus pixar but for Disney movies, we're only doing Disney Renaissance to present versus the all Pixar movies that were ever made. And the reason why we're doing that is because there's so many Disney movies. And plus, like, we don't want to compare Snow White to movies like uh, Inside Out because it's Snow White is really old and Inside <laughs> Out is five years old. That bitch old. Yeah, <laughs> that's why she don't I mean, get to have no fucking place in the bracket. That's why. Hey, whoa, whoa, let's let's not like swear right off the gate. <laughs> no, we gotta let them know what they're in for. Okay, they're getting ready for the ride. Right out the gate. Right out the gate. You, know, you guys uh, are walking. I'm running. Yeah, I mean, and what Little Mermaid is like probably perfect for like people our age as like animation movies we watched, and you could probably compare Little Mermaid to any Pixar movie. Because it's still fairly new. It's only like 31 years old, I believe. 30 and a half. Don't know the exact yeah. date. But cool. uh, yeah, we're doing that. And it's going to be like a March Madness style bracket. But instead of like 64 spots, it's only going to be 32 spots. And uh, it's going to be all Disney versus Pixar in the first round. And all the matchups are completely random. I just did them on Google, just random numbers, except for the play-in games. We do have two Disney play-in games and two Pixar play-in games. And these are basically movies from Pixar and Disney that we were arguing on whether or not should be in the tournament. And yeah, we decided to have a play-in round to do it. And, uh, you might notice this tournament might be a little bit weird. Like there might be a major exclusion on the on the Pixar side. So basically, it was selected by me and Will, and also Zach. He he put in a couple. Zach's our host, by the way. I don't think he in- introduced himself, but no. Hi, I'm Zach Twitty, host yeah. of uh, oh, uh, great the movie great showdown. movie showdown. Woo! Yeah, Pixar vs. Disney edition. Thanks for joining us. Brought to you by Nice Throw. So I'll go through the bracket real quick. Our first matchup, which we're doing today, is Toy Story 3 versus Hercules. 
then it's going to be Monsters Incorporated versus Aladdin, Coco versus Little Mermaid, Ratatouille versus the winner of Zootopia and Big Hero 6 in the playoff round. Then we got Wally versus Atlantis, A Bug's Life versus Frozen, Inside Out versus Pocahontas. Then we got the play-in round game of Good Dinosaur, Finding Dory, and the winner of that one will play Wreck-It Ralph. Then we got Toy Story against Milan. We got Toy Story 2 against The Lion King. We got Finding Nemo versus Tarzan. We got The Incredibles versus The Emperor's New Groove and Princess and the Frog, the winner of that one. Then we got Brave versus Moana, Up versus Lilo and Stitch, Toy Story 4 against Tangled, the winner of Monsters U and Incredibles 2 against Beauty and the Beast. And that's our full bracket. So we'll probably be working on this for maybe like a year, year and a half. So <laughs> it's going to be the long run. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't know if it'll take that long. It shouldn't Jesus. take that long. I mean, this is maybe like 30 episodes. I don't know, because we got to think about the second rounds, too. And then oh, that's true, third yeah. rounds and the fourth yeah. rounds. And maybe there's a fifth round. I don't know. I yeah, we just haven't even done the math there. that far. We haven't even like actually drawn out the bracket. It's just on a Google Doc. Oh yeah, it's just um, on like on a Google Sheet yeah, we'll spreadsheet. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to put that into like a graphic so that people can follow along at home. Yeah, and we should share it. We'll probably share it on social media at some point so yeah. you can follow along. You could probably like create your own bracket off of it, like say you don't want Atlantis on our bracket, you want uh I don't know. What's another movie besides Atlantis? Um, Snow White. <laughs> yeah, you're not following the rules. You want you want a Hunchback of Notre Dame instead. So you oh wait, yeah. Why don't we have Hunchback of Notre Dame on here? I I think that was Will's decision. Okay, yeah, okay. That was my decision, Zach. Okay, Zach. I just okay, we that's, heard about that's bracket, one that a lot of people uh, like. Fight me on behalf of Quasimodo, then Zach. Don't be a puss. Do it. Let's go. Hey man, I'm just asking. Are we ready? Big, big throwdown. All, All right. right. Story three versus Hercules. Okay. All right. Are we doing that now, or is that another yeah. episode? Yeah, I'm ready. No. Are you ready? Oh, okay. I'm for it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's jump right into it. Absolutely. So, um, I'm gonna pull up the Wikipedia pages for both films. Um. Honestly, you guys, if you don't mind, I'll just dive right in and go ahead and tell you why Toy Story yeah, 3 is going to go ahead and win. I'm going to let you know. Yeah, it's it's going to win, and here's why, okay? Two words, one what? man. Really? Matt, really? Oh. Matt, don't interrupt. Okay, let okay. him talk. Never mind. Okay, thank you. Because, once again, let me go ahead with my epic introduction of the man, the original OG Bat, Michael Keaton. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm leaving the podcast now because that's it. That's all I need to say. Toy Story 3, Michael Keaton. You're welcome. Anyway, anyway, Michael Keaton, that. wasn't it? Yes! He played Ken! It was amazing. Was it was iconic. Jeez, Will, you're blowing out your audio. <laughs> I'm that passionate, Zach. All right? I, I love me some Michael Keaton. Keaton. He's amazing in it. He makes the movie. Ken, literally, I will say this. It was the beginning of the Michael Keaton renaissance leading up to his Oscar nomination for Birdman. Okay, this is what set it in motion. We all know in the Connaissance, Toy Story before three. that, Toy Story 3 was the beginning of that meteoric rise, or should I say reemergence, of Michael Keaton. So welcome. Arrest he my case. Go ahead, make uh, your... The other guys that 
that summer? Uh, I don't know. Why are we talking about another movie? I don't know. No, I'm just saying. So Michael Keaton was in that movie, so that that <gasps> oh. oh, um, um, I don't know what other movie was he in that year? Zach, help us. You have Wikipedia up. So, um, um so basically, the first thing I want to say about Hercules is the uh, the box art on the theatrical release poster that's on Wikipedia looks kind of busy, and I initially thought <laughs> it looked a little too busy. But then looking at Toy Story 3, it is also very busy with all of the characters on it. Yeah, um, animated yeah it's basically all the characters in a toy box, like looking up. Which is kind of a cute, it's kind of a cute thing, but it's also very busy. It's very colorful. <laughs> Both of them are very colorful. Hercules is a little bit more muted, but I think that's because this is a, a scanned image of the poster. Yeah, at a much lower resolution. Anyway, uh, that's that's my note for this part of the discussion. <laughs> There you go. Um, going on poster art. I mean, eh. what, do, yeah. what do I have to say about Toy Story Three again? Let me just let me just go ahead and say this. Um, this was also like one of their first animated films where you really got to see them polishing up those amazing um, levels of detail that they have on the characters. I mean, now like you go on Facebook and I think you can find people who like have zeroed in even on the movie posters for, I think it was like Toy Story 4 showing the level of detail of like the fabric on Woody and things like that. But it began like becoming very noticeable with Toy Story 3. And Mm -hmm. not to mention like, I don't think Pixar gets enough credit for how well they do lighting because you can simulate lighting with CGI and it looks great. But I mean, we all know like when it looks really bad, it looks kind of like it's lighting simulations are 90% of any kind of VFX or, um, yeah, and they, they've nailed it. I mean, go back to um, the sequence where Woody gets out um, from uh, the, the daycare and it's that rooftop sequence where he's got like the glider, like the toy glider thing. Yeah. Like, that's harsh daytime lighting and it looks so well done. I mean, the exposure is amazing. You know what I mean? Those 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 colors just pop right off. And then obviously, well, you know, like, exposure is like the easiest thing to do in a in a fully animated movie. <laughs> I'm just saying like it, it looks, it looks almost like, cause obviously they, the way they animate human characters got way better as you know, mm-hmm. Zach, it didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, by the time they did it. But um, the, the way that they designed the toys felt tangible. You could almost feel the fabric. Like you could see it. You could, you could yeah, literally yeah, see it, particularly with um the, the octopus gelatin gelatinous thing that whatever Woody, Woody, Whoopi Goldberg voices. I was going to say Woody Harrelson, Jesus. Whoopi Goldberg voices uh, the, the thing. And like we all remember playing with something like that, like the goo that looks like you literally should yeah, feel Yeah, like the Stretch Armstrong like thing. Yes. And then like she's got little bits of like glitter. If you guys go back and you watch Toy Story 3, mm-hmm. she's got like little bits of glitter inside or whatever. And you could just see it the way it – once again, the lighting, like the way it reflects light, the way it, it, it's so well done in the nighttime sequence. Um, obviously, when they go to the trash heap, so iconic to me. Like when, I mean, once again, I, I, there's not enough praises I can say about the cinematography in Toy Story 3, let alone what? I mean, characterization, on point, overall story arc. You know, I mean, we've all been there where we all grow up and we have to somehow be adults and have to let the toys go. It was supposed to be the end of the series, but we're not going to get into Toy Story 4, which I like, but I feel like just kind of... Well, we will get into Toy Story 4 in uh, round 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 
<laughs> in uh, round or sorry, match 14. Right. Um, but I do have to say too, Lee Unkridge, um, who directed Toy Story 3, he was one of the key animators from the beginning, like from the first Toy Story. So it was cool to see him kind of, you know, step out of uh, John Laster's shadow and really kind of go mm. on and do something really cool. Toy Story 3 to me was like, it's hard to do trilogies, you guys. We all know that like Toy Story 3 to me is, there's no question, it's a great movie. I mean, there are people who think, you know, Empire is way, you know, better than any Star Wars movie ever. And it's like, we all seem to forget Return of the Jedi. You can go back to even like, what's a good modern trilogy now? Trilogy of movies like, Lord of the Rings. It's hard to do. Yeah. Hunger Games. Like, yeah, John Wick, right? We finally got John Wick 3. And it's like, dude, by the time oh, the yes, third one is serious, you know what I mean? Like, it's the law of diminishing returns. You know, somehow well, yeah. Pixar, yeah, but Pixar still manages to do it with Toy Story 3. Like, it's it's impactful. I mean, there's just no doubt. Well, I think part of that was because Toy Story, the original Toy Story hit on a lot of people where it's like you feel like you grew up with the Toy Story franchise, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, you saw absolutely. it when you were young, and then you basically, like, grew up with Andy and having, like, those same kinds of experiences where – like you, you know, like being a kid and then you grow up and you're in these different like phases and it's all weird and confusing and it seems like it just flies by so fast. And then you, you're like an adult and you're pretending to uh, know how to do stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. Like this podcast. 100%. Yeah. Before I even saw them, <laughs> very much even, like this podcast, before I even saw the movie, like people, I, I graduated from high school that year. And, yeah. Same. Uh, yeah. People were telling me, that like basically what you said that it felt like we grew up with the movies and like we were growing up as Andy was growing up. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what I mean. Like, like, I don't feel like it was like oh, our sorry. version of boyhood, basically. <laughs> absolutely. But it's I mean, really, reverse man, boyhood. We all talk it's about like the it, audience. Like, right. Yeah. Like we're all saying, Oh, we grew up with it. But that's like, I want to say that's like 30% of the overall effect of the movie. To me, it goes down to, Writing, storytelling, a really good creative team. I mean, like I said, Lee Anchorage establishing himself as a really good animation director. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's just really good filmmaking. Yeah. That well, I mean, no doubt, it's a fantastic film. Strongly I, I like the story actually more so than like the ending of it. I, I just love like yeah. the idea of like Woody trying to get them out of the daycare. Like, yeah. That's my right? favorite part of it. That's very satisfying, we, him like getting them out that? of that. Yeah, yeah daycare's terrifying. I didn't like it. <laughs> I was I was sad. I was like, no, get him out of there. I love them. <laughs> Dude, that first first sequence when like yeah. literally they they are locked in there with the toddlers is literally a thing of horror. It's like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> like when you see Bullseye getting just chewed up in the wheel of that uh that pop, whatever it is. We all know what we're talking about. Like the thing that's meant to like be on wheels and yeah. the, the little balls are the, in the middle. Like little baby lawnmower. Yeah, and it's just like running him through the wheels. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's like uh, a the, horror movie at that point. Oh, it was so good, man. It was so good because Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. Would you guys agree with me in saying that this is Woody's, like, best Toy Story out of the four? Like, this is, like, Woody's movie. Well, I haven't no. seen the fourth uh, one yet, but I would I would say that um, it's definitely, uh, it is def- it's weird because when you, you think of Woody from, like, 
Toy Story one, just to kind of touch on it a little, like Woody's yeah, kind of like jealous. the big man on campus, and then Buzz Lightyear comes, and Woody has to kind of like be okay sharing Andy with Buzz as like the most popular toy, and then them like right. becoming good buddies, and then um like the third one, it's Woody like basically kind of going back to that seat where he can be like safe with the little girl and Bonnie, we love just kind of like have what he had with young Andy again, but he gives that up to save his friends. And I just think that's kind of a, a really heartfelt like thing. And even with buzz, like buzz is kind of doing the same thing. Like buzz is offered a chance to just stay with the, stay in the, what is it? The butterfly room or whatever with the older <laughs> kids that don't like eat the toys and choke yes. on them and die. Yes. And Buzz is like, no, they're my friends and I'm going to watch out for them. And I think that's like just a really, that's a good message to put out there. And Not just wholesome. that, but the way the film does it. You know what I mean? It sets up Yeah, where it has that cool like heist movie. Yes. Yeah, that's like what I really wanted to get into. Yes, that's what I wanted to get into. It's like, once again, why this movie is, like, yeah. people don't necessarily, and you're not supposed to, it's kind of like a good film score or really good CGI in like a movie, is you don't really pay attention to how good the filmmaking is. If it's done right, you're not paying attention to it. And the way they balance tone and the different elements of storytelling for Toy Story mm-hmm. 3 is phenomenal. Because like you said, it's this buddy movie, it's about friendship, it's about, hey, we're hanging out with our friends. But also in like the, I want to say like by the middle of the movie, it becomes almost like a, an escape movie. Like at first we get a hint of it with, with Woody getting out, but it's not mm-hmm. like, it doesn't take over the effect, but as soon as Woody comes back and he has the toy phone on wheels and he's like breaking it down, you're like, Oh, we're in a fucking, you know, like escape. Yeah, movie. Like, dude, that little phone thing escape. was terrifying. Yes. But no, it was so good. Cause he felt like almost like noir. Like, all right, so this is what you yeah, gotta do. Yeah, it did. <laughs> You gotta get to the monkey. You gotta get to the monkey. Get that monkey. (laughs) And it's so well done. It's like Escape from Alcatraz, but like PG. You know, it's it's fantastic, man. It really is. Like, yeah, it's and then it flips immediately by the last leg of the movie. You know that with um them all getting shoved in the garbage can and then getting taken off to the um the garbage site, the um uh, the landfill, I guess you call it or whatever. Like then it becomes something different. Then it becomes more of like this uh. More of an escape, yes, but more of like an emotional thriller. Like, oh my god, what's yeah. gonna happen, to everybody? It yeah. does such a good job. Nothing ever feels forced or like out of place. And obviously, when we get back to Bonnie, then the movie becomes, I guess, like a culmination of its themes of like moving mm-hmm. on because you know, Buddy has yeah. to or Buddy, who's Buddy? Woody has to accept a new role with Bonnie. Like he has to understand. He has to let Andy go. And it's it just to me is it is it's like growing up like you guys said and I feel like that that can only be done with really good filmmakers knowing exactly what they're making wanting to tell a really good story and Toy Story three to me just beats out Hercules just a little bit but I do want to give Hercules its day in the light its day in court I do want you guys to defend it and I'm gonna give my little two cents on on Hercules too because there are things I absolutely love about that movie but for my money I just want you know Toy Story three absolutely. All right. Yeah. So, so are we hopping over to Hercules now? It seems like now is probably I, a good I gotta, chance to... No, I got a couple more things to say about Toy okay. Story 3. Just yeah, absolutely. Keep going. Hercules. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I, what I really like about it, like with the progression of Woody, like he's always like been a leader of the toys, but in Toy Story 1, he was jealous of Buzz and he basically caused all the problems that yeah. happened <laughs> in that movie. And yeah. then in Toy Story 2, like him... 
Well, he got kidnapped, but then him also wanting to leave and not come back to the to the toys was like basically like he was in the wrong there, like in the concept of the movie. Mm-hmm. But like with this movie, it was just like Woody was right the whole entire time. Like he was like tell he was warning everybody, nobody listened to him, but then he still like risked everything to come back and save him. And like honestly, yeah. like it's gonna sound weird, but after I watched like Toy Story three, I was like, I I want Woody to be president. Like that's a leader, right there. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it just made me want Tom Hanks to be president. The same guy. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna and lie. Oh, it. hey. Yeah. I'll go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was so gonna say, that's all I have to say about Toy Story three. So if you yeah. want to move on. <laughs> I wanted to well, touch is. on Zachary's point about the horror aspect. Remember uh, when they're they're all trying to hide in the moonlight and the baby, big baby, sitting there and his head spins completely around to look back. Oh at my god, big baby was terrifying. <laughs> I've heard I forgot about that part. Jeez. Oh, yeah, dude, it's big like baby it's awesome. weird because in yeah. in the first Toy Story you had that weird like mechano crab spider thing that had yes. the doll head on it, but for some reason, big baby is creepier than that. Because he's literally know? like a baby, you know? Like, yeah, it's like a busted up baby, baby doll. Ba- Where the crab head thing, like, all of Sid's, Sid's weird Frankenstein things seem less creepier than the toys of the daycare. And that that's so true. That's weird to me because, mm-hmm. like, those ones should be creepier. But I guess those right. toys were also, like, actually nice. They, they weren't, like, talk. monsters. Yeah, yeah, they didn't talk either. That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, here it's yeah. like. You have this toy like mafia happening where, <laughs> yeah, where at Sid's there. house, all the toys were like united against Sid and we're like, we got to watch each other's backs. Toy Story Which, 3, SS. Yeah. Think about that. Think about this is a movie <laughs> for kids. This is a movie for kids and you're trying to teach kids that like, hey, you know, the snakes in the grass or like, you know, the people that you really got to be worried about. People come on to you thinking that they're going to take care of you and they're going to, yeah. you know, they're introducing this thing and like lots of love and bear even smells like, what is it? It smells like cherries or something like that. Yeah. It's like he smells good. He's this great, you know, oh, he's an old Tommy Barry. He must be nice. Turns out he's like the biggest piece of shit ever. He's the evil warden of the, the daycare center. Yeah. And it's such a cool thing that like to get introduced as a kid because, you know, you're, you're thinking like for us, I don't know if you guys saw it, but the old Paul Newman movie, you know, Cool Hand Luke with the warden and everything like that. You know, I had already seen it, but later on, I was at least in high school when I saw it. And it's like, I don't remember as a kid having something that introduced me to that element of like storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, systems of control, like, hey, we got to rebel, man. You got to be free to be yourself, yeah. man. And it's like, it is cool to see Pixar literally kind of paying homage to really great stories that have been told before. And they've, they've done that before throughout, throughout almost all their movies. It's it's so great to see them do that. Once again, there are amazing creators over there. Yeah. Um, so good, dude, with their with their characterization. Yeah. Big baby. Don't forget the craziest thing is it's a baby doll. That's doesn't have clothes on by the way. And it's also got an arm tat. Don't forget the arm tat. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a lot going on uh, in that movie. There is dude. And I could talk forever about Michael Keaton, but are, I feel like we eventually ready? we got to get to Hercules. Yeah. yeah we got we to at least, at least get through like the phase one of the Hercules. Tat, and then kind <laughs> of right. like, like compare these movies to each other. Um, right, okay, it. so so Hercules. Let's talk about Hercules. So Hercules is based off of not an original IP like Toy Story. It's based off of it's kind of along Disney's 
Disney's path of like having a bunch of successful movies based off of public domain stories and like ancient lore and stuff. So, so there's that. So Hercules is like a known property. We know the Greek gods. We learn about them all in school and how kind of cool they are. Hercules, I feel like Hercules definitely takes a lot of fun twists on that. And it, it, um, it has a lot of those, those classic, like, um, Oh, what's the word? The, the like screwball classic Hollywood films. And then, yeah. um, yeah. And then it has that culture from the nineties where it, it just feels like such a nineties movie. And it's, <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, all of, all of their nineties movies, all nineties movies do, but it's just, it feels very just of that era when you have him like coming out and doing all the weird, like merchandising stuff. And of course all the, yes. the fun Disney gags where, uh, like when it has, what is it like the Grecian express or something on the American express card right. and all this stuff. And the, like the, they have the, what, what does Phil call it? He calls it the, the big olive when they go to Thebes. <laughs> It's like, yeah, the big oh, olive. Yeah, if yeah. you can make it yeah. here, you can. And there's the literally the guy with like the you want to buy a sundial. Oh, in there. so good. <laughs> and yes. it's like weird trench coat thing. And then the the family that we meet who are just like random characters who get to talk about like all the natural disasters that happen in the yeah, city. Yeah. The cats, by the way, is burned. We don't know what fire it came from. They mentioned a fire, but like the cat is already burned. When we see them. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Well, Remember? I think like Thebes was just traditionally a town that had a whole bunch of disasters happen to it. Yes. And so, um, before we move on, I do want to say this. This movie has uh-huh. the guy with the greatest name ever in Bobcat Goldthwaite is the voice of pain. Bobcat Goldthwaite. I shit you not. He's got the greatest name ever. Like that's... The, you remember the guy? It talks like this. Uh, you know, remember when all the names were Brittany and and like I don't know if you guys remember that guy who's you know Pain and Panic. Oh, Panic, pain and Panic. Guy? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. He that was, was Pain, the fat one. Panic is the skinnier one. Yes. And yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait. He's got such a distinctive voice. Okay, yeah, because I recognize his voice, and I'm like, I know I've heard him in other stuff other than this yes! and the great, the great uh, Hercules animated series that I used to watch after I came uh, home from school do- on uh, Disney. What was it, Toon Disney, back in the yeah. day? But that is such a great stage name, man. I love it. I love that name every time I see it. Anytime I see that guy in the credits, I'm like, ha, that's a cool fucking right. name. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't want to cut you off if you were. Um, trying to elaborate on your love of Hercules. I wanted to um, no, actually, I was trying to ah, mute my right. Discord real quick because I keep getting Discord notifications. That keep oh, Jesus. Um, Go ahead, I want to add to uh, what you're saying. Like, I'm on Wikipedia, and they're saying the directors sought out inspiration from classic screwball comedy films. And, and also made a note, like, Hercules as young Jimmy Stewart in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And then also there's something here saying that like Hercules was supposed to be like Michael Jordan of Greece. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, hence why he has shoes. Dude, actually this came out <laughs> oh, yeah. in 98, 97. So it would have been like right, right when Mike won that fifth title. So yeah, that would have made sense. That yeah. culture would have been really, really obvious then. 
Oh, there's and, a controversy uh, section. Oh. I, I think let's, I know what Let's it read is. that off of Wikipedia real quick. It's Disney intended for the film to have an open air premiere at PNYX. I don't know what that is. Pinks. It's a hill in central Athens, the capital of Greece. Okay. But the Greek government declined after the Greek media and public banned the film. <laughs> <laughs> a Greek newspaper entitled Addis Mevtos Typos called it another case of foreigners distorting our hitch- history and culture just to suit their commercial interests. Absolutely. 100%. Oh, 100%. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, definitely. I mean, that is yeah. basically what Disney does, but I feel like they're not. I feel like it's it's like a satire on it. It's not like a. It's not like them literally pissing on the history. Not just that. Not just that. But it's an animated movie from yeah. Disney that is also a musical, and you want them yeah. to be what historically accurate to Greece? No, man. You know what's funny is um, I don't know if you guys remember when um, uh, X Men First Class came out, and Matthew mm-hmm. Vaughn was the writer director, and they asked him. Early on, they're like, hey, man, so are you going to keep this in the universe? And, uh, you know, you're going to stay consistent? Um, and it was because uh, January Jones from Mad Men said she was playing Emma Frost. And I don't want to get too nerdy on you guys, but, like, they had already done that in X-Men Origins, which everyone hated. So Matthew Vaughn turned around and said, look, man, I'm not going to let anything get in the way of telling a good story. If I feel like this is the better way to tell the story that I want to, canon, chronology, whatever yeah. or creative license like you know what i mean that. nothing's yeah it's like dude yeah. i'm not gonna let that get in the way and the thing is it's like hercules would have been honestly boring it would have felt like um clash of the titans but animated if they had stuck to greek mythology yeah well i mean and it is like even if you watch the the series where they they go more into like ancient greek history i mean it's also i feel like none of us are greek so i feel like we don't necessarily have much of a stake into whether or not this is offensive to Greek people. Like yeah. I get that. Like no disrespect there. Totally understand. Like if you are mad about this movie because it misrepresents your culture, I get that. Um, just had to throw that out there. But um, yeah, I do. I do think that they are. Um, I do think that it's 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 like having fun with with the lore and with the history and like making Absolutely. it approachable for a modern audience and kind of playing with, it's like the Flintstones kind of in a way yes. where they have all these weird <laughs> modern things that are just tro- sort of shoehorned in there to yeah. make yeah. the world kind of make sense. And then all of these not, animals not that, mention, that are trash mention, cans and stuff that they have like salty little attitudes about them. Yeah, but exactly. So, I mean, not to, not to mention we all know like real Greek mythology around Hercules, right? You guys know like know yeah. how his story ends, where he literally um, gets cursed by the stepmom Hera, or whatever, whatever the angry ex-wife of Zeus or whatever, who like curses I mean, him into Zeus going through madness. Like slept with everybody. Yeah, yeah, he was a hoe. But um, point is, like, he was a mega slut, dude. Um, he was the first. He, first off, Zeus invented the golden shower. He literally turned himself into gold and rained down on one chick to get her pregnant. That was awesome. That's true. Good job, Zeus. And then, um, more importantly, Hercules' story. He goes into a mad rage, cursed by Hera, or, like, you know, something like that, and um, kills his family. And, like, you know, he lives the rest of his life in shame, and that's when he has to do the the tasks, and then, you know, he has to, like... If they stuck to regular Greek mythology, then that's not a Disney movie anymore. We can't do that. We can't have any of that. So that's what I mean. Like, it's weird. Yeah, I mean, it does have a nice twist. The same thing Uh, with Little Mermaid. 
Like if yeah. you if you base off of like the original story, oh, and yeah. Movie. Well, yeah, and that was what I think the opera. Um, oh, what was it? Oh, there's an opera based off of like the original Little Mermaid. I can't right. remember what it is. Right. I think yep. she dies Shoot. at this the is, end. Yeah. I mean, eventually, in all of our stories, we die. But um, oh my, well, don't videotape yes, it. What you don't videotape it? <laughs> oh um, what was I going to say? So, do we want to talk about some of the uh, inconsistencies to Hercules and actual Greek culture? Like, uh, uh, let's talk about Achilles us. real quick. I do. Okay, there is one with Achilles that I do want to talk about. Sure. So, in Phil's song, which. Well, I guess Phil's song is after this point in the movie. But so when Hercules goes yeah. to see Phil, Philoctetes, played by Danny DeVito, the satyr who's like the trainer of heroes, he's basically the um, what what was the 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 Rocky's trainer, basically, what was his name? Polly. He's basically yeah. Hercules's Polly, and um, he goes in True. and at this point, like Danny DeVito, Phil is just like this retired like trainer of heroes who's just basically given up on ever finding a hero worthy of training and like getting his name in the stars and being like, Oh yeah, I want them to see, to see, to see this, this kid in the lights and then go, that's Phil's boy. And it's just wonderful. <laughs> Danny DeVito's wonderful in this movie. Uh, I love he it. Is. But, uh, um, yeah, he, is. He's a he, he mentions, Oh, uh, Achilles thought this guy was going to be the best. And then one little, uh, one little flick in the ankle and he died. And so the story with Achilles is that the ankle, the heel. <laughs> he was dipped in the river Styx to like make him invincible everywhere. And his mom like held him by the ankles with two fingers. And then after he killed Hector, the, uh, the greatest warrior of not Ithaca, Troy, 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 um, Troy, then all of all of the soldiers got mad and wanted to kill Achilles, and then one of them shot his ankle. Paris, and, Paris did. Was it Paris? Yeah, absolutely. Paris Hilton. He, uh, no, Paris of Troy, dude. Uh, um, help me out here. Hector's younger brother. Oh, they should have just thing. called him Killer of Achilles. But anyway, <laughs> so it was like a poisonous arrow, so that hit his ankle and then killed him, and that's how he died, allegedly, from the story of Achilles. Um, yes. anyway, that's, that's the only inaccuracy in Hercules. That I that's untrue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know oh. that there were like a few other, other things that like the whole Zeus actually slept with everybody who, who played Hermes yeah. in the movie. Cause Hermes is like a character that oh, like, I want to, I have the, I have the IMDB pulled up. Go ahead. Keep talking. I'm, I'm going to um, right now. What was uh, I talking about? Well, the next thing that I wanted to talk about was like Hercules and just how the gods, are kind of portrayed. Hercules is one of the more fun and interesting gods up there that we don't really get a lot of screen time with in there. Hermes is played by Paul Schaefer. Uh, Paul Ellenwood Schaefer, he is known for his work in This is Spinal Tap and A Very Murray Christmas. I don't know who he is. I mean, is he an actual band besides Spinal Tap? I know he's like a really famous comedian, I guess. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah, I thought he was some kind of comedian because, like, every time yeah, yeah. he's on screen, he has like this, this just like wacky, almost like Tonight Show esque kind of presence. Like, he feels like so a late true. night host. Yeah, and it's great. And even if you watch the the cartoon series, I don't know if it's played by the same guy, but I just remember like that character always sticking out and always having like weird, like episodes that featured him were 
were always just really fun to me. Right. From what I remember. I do like, I like the line, who is it when um, Zeus, I think, tells him to like bring the gods or wake up or whatever. He's like, done, babe. And he like zips yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. I like that very much. He's so yeah. good with that. Um, but no, great. who steals the movie, who steals the entire movie, who's pretty much Dang the most boy. iconic. And not, well, I hate to say it, but honestly, it's the girl, uh, uh, Meg. She yeah. has the best song. She She's best really song. fun. I really enjoyed like I didn't I didn't remember that character when I rewatched the movie that much, but like rewatching it, it she is a really interesting and just kind of fun character. Yeah, and she's got the best song in the movie. Like I know everyone yeah. was uh, like thinking it was gonna be the Michael Bolton song, but yeah, everyone knows. I the can song. go the distance. Song. Yeah. No yeah. way. It's Meg's song all the way. As a matter of fact, I think they did a remake of it. Who sang the 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 re recording of it? I forget. Some famous R&B singer, somebody. Uh, Ariana Grande, I think it was. Oh, really? Yeah, so, um, dude. That's what I mean. Like, so that song was amazing. They never really go into why she's like enslaved to Hades or whatever. Yeah, they do. Do they? No, no. Yeah, he does. No, he does. He like sold it. Sold. She sold her. She sold yeah. her soul for like a guy, and then the guy left her. Who was sick? Yeah. Oh, like, that's He was right. sick, or okay, something yeah. happened to her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, like, so I'm sure that was probably else. based off of some other Greek story too. The story of. Had to have been. Right, that has to be because that's that seems like a very Greek story thing. Yeah, <laughs> and she had like a Greek name, and they just shortened it to Meg. Yeah. All right, I just want to say this: right now. we are we are easily about sixteen minutes or so into our discussion of Hercules, and we have discussed yeah. none of the actual creative things about it because once again, what is more recognizable in Hercules is our mind immediately goes to the Greek mythology aspect. Yeah. We've talked about Danny DeVito. Um, I brought up Meg, but I, I feel like she deserves to do credit. We haven't even Washington. brought up James Woods yet. We have not yeah, brought up James Woods. To you do have... that. We need to talk about Zeus, and we do want right. to like talk a little bit more about the world. Yeah, Rip Torn, and baby. Once again, Bill. great stage name. Rip Torn. Rip Torn. Love it. Is that who does I think Zeus? That's his real name. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. I wonder if that is his real name. I just remember from Men in Black too. He was great. Yeah, he died recently. <laughs> Uh, I All right, let's recently. stay on track, guys. Oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> All right, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, real James so, Woods. Yeah, let's talk okay. about James Woods, our oh. antagonist. Oh, so good. Matt, do you want to go? Go ahead, Matt. Oh, no, I was about to tell you about Rip Torn. And that's not actually. That's not actually his real name. His real name is Elmore Rual Torn Jr. I love it. So okay. I, I apologize for not thinking that was a stage name. <laughs> I thought his parents just called him Rip. Yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably but, easier than well, Elman Torin. But, uh, okay, you want to talk about James Woods? Yeah. Yes. James. Every moment with James Woods is just... Oh. He's got all of these like little quips that are just fun. And yeah, like delivery, salty dude. and sassy, and it's like you kind of get like where he's coming from. It's like, oh, he has every reason to be salty, and then it's like Zeus makes like a stupid joke, and then everybody starts laughing, but right. he's like throwing out like little quips the whole time, and like, everyone's like, lighten up, you fucking asshole. Yes, dude. And more importantly, more than anything, is the animators just did a fantastic job with him. I want to know. Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I haven't seen any behind the scenes footage that maybe they based some of his, like, you know, how he's always moving his hands around doing something like yeah, that. Yeah. And they turned it into like him using smoke to design, but like 
when he talks and especially the way he holds his hands, you remember he has like all the tips of his fingers touching and he's like walking and talking. Yeah. And, and then obviously the hair does a lot with the character. The I hair mean, does whoever a lot. worked on Hades, man, whoever the enemies are, if oh, you oh, ever I know. stumble I across right this podcast, here. thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Nick Ranieri, he was the supervising animator for Hades. And he oh. said that the hardest part in animating Hades was that he talks too much and too fast and so much that it took him two weeks to animate a one-second scene. Holy I shit. It. I believe yeah. it, dude. Because especially like with the hair and everything, too, that's right. definitely a character that has a whole lot of detail into it. And it definitely yes. shows. Like He feels the most the most physically alive out of any of the gods that we see. In Absolutely. The Which is, Zach, can we just talk about that? Can you address that? Because all he's literally the god of death, and he feels the most alive. He has the he most does, like characterization. Yeah. He pops on the screen. Who literally mm-hmm. like he's this character of darkness. He's in what dark, deep blues, grays, blacks, yeah. and he pops on screen more than Zeus. <laughs> like, he does. He just he immediately. He well, gra- I think part of that too on. is all of the other gods have that weird like glowy bit about them from being up right. in Mount Olympus, and uh, which I do want to address some of the other gods in a little bit, but he. He comes from like it's definitely a juxtaposition between his whole style and his whole his whole. Well, I guess based off of his occupation, like all of the gods, you look at them and it's fairly apparent what they are. Poseidon has this fish beard on his on his face that has like an actual fish tail where his beard is. And um, obviously, like Ares is just super bright red and has the the, (laughs) centurion helmet and everything. Very, and very Apollo, obviously <laughs> Apollo with the um, what Chariot is it? The, the um, chariot the sun. pulling the yeah, sun, yeah. yeah. Which I thought that was a really cool thing. Like when it would turn to night, and you'd have him like yes. pulling the sun away on the chariot. I love it, dude. Um, Just, but I always got the vibe off of Hades. I got the vibe from him that like he's like a used car salesman. He's like, hey, come on, guy, come on. Hey, look, <laughs> he look, definitely look, feels that way. Let's make a deal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He's a used car salesman. <laughs> like that to me, that's what it was. It was so good by James Woods to do that, man. He really did right. channel that inner schmuck, that 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 douchebag who's just trying to make a quick buck. <laughs> yeah. And it's <laughs> like you just quick... feel you feel how tired he is, like throughout the whole movie. It's like, <laughs> oh Meg, like I thought you were gonna get this river guardian to help join my team for the uprising and uh I don't got a river guardian. Like, what's up? Like, this is really inconvenient yes. to me. What does he say? Yeah. What is it? He says, "I'm. I find myself river guardian less." That's what he says. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. But it's just like he has those moments where he gets like really angry. But when he's like not super angry, and he's just like, "Oh, cool. Like, I'm I'm river guardian less." No, and like right after he gets angry, what does he always yeah. say? Like, okay, okay, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh. But just to have oh. that, like that thing with the fire, it's such a cool, a cool oh. little thing. And of oh, course, yeah. like the henchmen, pain and panic. They're yes, they're everyone. Mem- yep, so Go ahead. weird. Yeah, they are super <laughs> weird. And I'm not sure what like the origin and what they're like based off of exactly. But I keep like pulling back into like the cartoon series, which if you watch the cartoon series kind of makes the movie feel weird because it doesn't follow the same structure. It's like young Hercules and Hades is still like fucking with him the whole time as Hercules is like going to school with Icarus and like these other kind of lesser, lesser known Greek, Greek stories. Um, 
but it's a fun show. I definitely recommend it. Check it out. It's <laughs> if you like Greek culture, you'll like the the satire on that portrays through the series. But um, I don't even remember what I was saying. Shit, I'm a terrible. <laughs> well, I just want to say this. I want to say this. Matt brought up a really good point about like they based the uh, the hype and like the merchandise and stuff of yeah. uh, Hercules in the movie off of Michael Jordan. And it's funny because they even follow the sports movie structure with that mid kind of movie um, sports montage when he's doing all of his uh, beating up giants. Remember, he does the sea monster thing. He punches the lion or the chimera, I guess, but it looks just like a giant lion to me. Um, all the stuff, they do like the mid-movie montage. I mean, it's that great song. Uh, what is that? Zero to Hero? <laughs> like, it's oh, really yeah. good. I love oh, that yeah. song. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Like they do follow the sports movie kind of structure, with even in the third act where it's like the big game. Mm-hmm. Which at this point, you know, he gets beat by Hades. Uh, Hades steals his superhuman strength, and he gets beat up. And then, yeah. hey, fourth quarter comeback, baby. He uh, he does it. He gives him another deal, saves her right. from the whatever it is. It looks like a toilet bowl of sadness and souls. I don't oh know. yeah, the uh, what is it? The river sticks or whatever. Which doesn't even look like a river. It just looks like a giant toilet bowl that all the like yeah. the, the souls are being flushed. But whatever, you know, whatever. whatever yeah, that that out. gave me that scared me as a kid. I was like, that's really scary. <laughs> Isn't that what happens? That's when we die. But um, yeah, yeah I do think we also what one thing that we didn't really address was uh, the the gospel, like the gospel choir oh, thing. Oh, the muses. Yeah, the muses. Yeah, the I muses. Love that, dude. They were so, so good. I feel like it is kind of a weird. It feels like I don't want to say like blackwashing but it it definitely (laughs) feels like out of touch like with the traditional greek style which i think it works for this movie and i i well i don't know if this is true but i feel like it's a holdover from like the xanadu movie which yeah you brought that up the the muses were um the muses were kind of styled in a similar way xanadu movie was horribly unsuccessful it did spawn a uh, a pretty decent musical actually that's kind of a lot of fun where they fix a lot of the issues in it but um i want to i want to see like I'm well i was gonna through. say like i was gonna say this i feel like it was perfectly used to at least get you on board with the feeling that they would have had when they were addressing like the cultural significance of the muses and what they represent. You can't get mm-hmm. that across by just doing traditional, I guess, like Greek. I don't know. Right. Like, I don't yeah. Know I mean, it Greek definitely so, like, draws you to in. get it to. Yeah. And so like the way to get you on that vibe is kind of like what uh, Brian Helgeland did when he was directing um, a night's tale. He used what? He used yeah. Bowie music, queen music, things like that for the, what? The 16th, 17th century, whatever it was. The, I'm sorry, 14th, 13th century, whatever it was, you know, when they were yeah. doing nights and fucking shit. Um, they don't have that music back then. No one does that. Golden years are going to come on in the middle of like a night's hall. And, and yeah, King you're going to get like some John Farmer madrigals. Yeah, but you can't get that level of excitement or get them integrated into how the characters are feeling. So you you just try to get the audience to come along with it. And the best way to do that is to say like, hey, well, what if these muses were like, you know, gospel singers? Like, you know, how fucking, I don't know if anybody, I'm not religious, but you play some like really pumped up like, Kirk Franklin gospel music. And you're like, oh shit, <laughs> we're going. Yeah, and, it, and that's it, that's what I feel like the movie was doing. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like it kind of. Which, as a kid, I remember like the first time I watched Hercules, and like that opening scene with them came yes. up, and I was like, "What is this? I don't like it." And I don't really know why, <laughs> but I was like eight, and I was just like, "This is weird. Can we just start the movie?" <laughs> but like, it does it does set up. The, I'm sorry. What was that? I said the movie has started. Yeah. (laughs) 
it was like a school thing, you know, because they like give you the whole, oh, this is the beginning of time and what Zeus did and sealing the Titans away. And I mean, that does like set up basically right. all the exposition that you need for why why Hades is kind of a dick and why he wants yeah. to like overthrow Zeus and um and all of that just in that song. But yeah. I don't know, I guess as a kid, there was something about it where I was just like, uh this this could be a lot shorter this part of the movie um <laughs> but like looking back on it i'm like it's a fine sequence it's whatever but i don't know what it was because that was like the only part that i remember thinking with the muses where i was like this could be shorter as a kid and that's just always been something that stuck with me and i was always like why do i why is there something about the sequence that i'm just like not into and not being able to like identify what it is that just makes me feel like eh, it's whatever. <laughs> And I no, think man, for a I long a time that gave me like a weird taste about this movie. I, I can see that. But honestly, I got to admit, man, one thing I will say is that opening after the introductory, yeah. you know, kind of monologuing by the muses, it's that build up, that musical swell to where it's like ground level, you could say like human level, and then it cuts yeah. through the clouds and you get that main theme that breaks through with the title yeah. of Hercules. That always got me. Even as kid, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Yeah, like, that was you super feel that cool. pump. Because of the vocals and everything like that, yeah. like the chorus and I was singing, always and like, yeah, now the movie started, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's that's that classical Disney thing. that they Only mm. Disney does that sometimes, man. Yeah. Their title oh my cards, gosh, the Disney great. is so good. Yeah, dude, every time. I think I think it might have been the same guy, Alan Menken. I don't know. I don't know if he did. Alan Menken that did what? Uh, the score, the music. He always Let's did. look him up real quick. Alan Menken, the composer. Yeah. I'm already on IMDb. Yep. Yeah. So, that, yeah. that man is our childhood. Anyway, go ahead. Are we, are we ready to decide yet? Our first ever. I mean, I've decided to. I know who I want. So, Will, say it formally. Toy Story 3, without a doubt. Okay. Okay, Zach? I gotta go with Hercules. I wanna, I wanna see this movie go through. Matt, make or break Matt. Oh, Matt. (laughs) I'm just gonna let, like, the tension sit a little bit, because I'm the decider. (laughs) Just build suspense. <laughs> so, like all the Her- I want all the Hercules fans and all the Toy Story three fans just on the edge of their seats. Like, which oh, one come on, Matt. You know you want to see Hercules go the distance. Matt, you know it's to infinity and beyond, man. I already Hercules made has four friend other chances. I already made my decision. You, or no, you, sorry. You got a friend in Toy me. Toy Story Matt. has four other. You're, yeah, you're the smartest person I know, but you're too stupid to realize I made my decision whatever like whenever i created this bracket i was quoting yeah. <laughs> oh god uh it has to be toy story oh yes toy story three be hercules could suck it no i'm just kidding i love that movie. yeah i love hercules but like i think the thing with toy story three is i go back and forth on whether or not that's my favorite toy story but okay. I think I think it is my favorite Toy Story right now, like currently. Nice. Yeah, I, I think it's like the perfect one. It but, is, man. Thank you. See, look, don't guys. I can see that. Yeah. Toy Story three. I'm I'm sorry, oh. Zach. I, I, no, I no, really it's okay. Feelings when I rewatched it, but yeah. But Toy Story. I, mean, I think 3, that's, that's what it was. Was rewatching. Like, there's probably ten or fifteen movies that could be a winner, all depending yeah, on what you decide. Yeah. So yeah, true. Uh, I guess we're done with this episode, right? Yeah. Well, I think we should say real quick that um, 
because we are going to like put a bunch of movies against each other. Um, in no way do we think that like any of the movies on this list are bad movies per se. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We do. Shut up, Zach. Let them let them live in <laughs> agony, oh, well. knowing that we're shitting all over what they love. Because life. Well, the, tough. Uh... tough titty said the kitty. Move on. Wear a helmet. Put on your big boy pants or your big girl pants, you know, or whatever kind of pants you want, you know, LGBTQ plus whatever. I love you all. But if you don't agree, it's fine. You'll get over it. Go do your own podcast. Anyway, continue, Zach. Jeez, what was I even saying? <laughs> um, anyway, these are all good movies. Check out Hercules. Check out Toy Story 3. Yes. This is a really weird set of movies to pair up against each other anyway. But <laughs> it is, it is so yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. It was, Sorry, what was that, Matt? a generator that did it. Yeah. So this these this bracket was decided by a random number generator. And uh yeah. Anyway, uh I guess that's that's been this episode. And uh hope that you'll join us for the next episode. What's the next episode, Matt? Tease that. Let me pull that up. This is actually my favorite, probably my favorite episode of the bracket, where I'm still undecided. So we got Pixar's Monsters Incorporated versus Aladdin. And this mm-hmm. is the animated Ooh, Aladdin. No Will yeah. Smith, unfortunately. We'll probably bring up Will Smith, though. Yeah, we like have to up. bring up the live action one, at least as like a footnote or something. Yeah, like, you'll hear about it. <laughs> that's like yeah. part, of my, part of our discussion about it. You guys, you guys, I just want to say this right now. We're going to have John Goodman up against... Robin Williams. It's gonna break my heart, man. Oh well, my god! Billy Crystal too. Billy Crystal, yeah. Billy oh yeah. Crystal too. And, oh, and, that's yeah. gonna break my heart. Movies. Our first four movies. We have Fast Talking James James Woods. We have Fast Talking Billy Crystal. Fast Talking Robin Williams. I don't. I don't know how we're gonna keep up. We, that's true. I don't. I, I know, don't right? Titles on. <laughs> yeah and um it is kind of sad because like hercules versus aladdin would have made a lot more sense because those movies those hey, movies actually had a cross even structurally yeah structurally yeah. even like they like they, aladdin oh, yeah. was in an episode of hercules with carpet and genie <laughs> and jasmine and all of them and they like fought jafar together and hades when they did like a team up which i guess we're never going to be able to talk about that now until we get to the talked about it oh yeah yeah I guess I did. way to go Anyway, uh, stay tuned next week when we go over Monsters, Inc. versus Aladdin. This has been the Great Movie Showdown. Is that how we we end it? Do we need like a a tag? Just fade out, Zach. Just just stop the button. All right. So let's let's keep like talking a little bit as the as the audio fades out. Talking, talking, testing. One, two. Wait, we already tested it. We recorded the whole thing. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's have, it. Have you seen my mic compared to everybody else's mic? <laughs> yeah, Matt has like no waveform at all, hardly. Yeah, Matt. You know what though, man? You did a good job, dude. Because like you, all you right. talked it when you did. I feel like we did a really good job with the overlap this episode, you guys. Yeah, yeah a lot better. So I'm gonna stop recording now. This has been a nice throw production. Nice throw, Matt. <laughs>